this, this rabbi speak. You've heard me talk about him a lot. His name is Jonathan Kahn, and he is uh, a Jewish rabbi converted to Christ. So he, he, is, he knows all the Jewish customs. He knows all the things that the Old Testament talks about that helps us understand that we've been talking about that a lot in these forums and even in our services, that it, it gives us understanding that to understand the New Testament, we really have to understand the Old Testament. And uh, we've been talking a lot about um, the Shemitah year. You guys, you guys heard him mention that. And I just want to real quickly in one minute just go over real quickly where we're at and what we're talking about. When he says Shemitah year, that's the seventh year after six years, just like the seventh day is Sabbath after six days of work. That's pretty easy to understand. Okay, So God made the earth in six days and on the seventh day we rested. And so the same applies in the, in the book of De- Deuteronomy to um, work years. And so you've got six years of work, and the seventh year was a Sabbath year. Okay? How many understand that? Okay, so every seventh year, the only reason we call it Shemitah is because it's a Jewish name for Sabbath year. Okay, so every seven years is a Shemitah year. It's a Sabbath rest year. And basically, in general, God looks back on those six years before, whether it's individual um, we might have to kill this one, Paul. This air. Whether it's individual, I just saw a drop. Whether it's individual or whether it's country or whether it's world, he looks back on the prior six years and he says, if, this, if they'd obeyed me, I'm going to bless them. If they've disobeyed me, there's going to be judgment. It's that simple. And so that has gone on ever since the, the, the law was written with Moses. And so we fast forward to understanding that uh, this is a way didn't quite catch it. This is a way um, to be able to understand the times of the Lord. So look at Genesis 1. And I want to read you a verse that we've been reading. And I want to reiterate it again. Verse 14. Say amen if you're there. I don't want to spend too much time on this. But I want you to understand where he was coming from. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years okay so the moon and the sun divide the day and the night i mean that's pretty simple to understand that's that's what the moon and the sun are there for as far as knowing when it's day and knowing when it's night but further than that he says another thing if he'd have just said let the let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night for days and years then then that would have been one thing but what did he add in there y'all looking at the bible what what else did he put in there signs and seasons Okay, signs and seasons. So it's not just day and night. It's signs and seasons. It's times. And in Hebrew, t- signs and seasons is, comes from the word moedim, meaning appointed time. Might want to get a bucket or something. Nothing back there? <laughs> Only in our church does it rain during the services, like physically. Amen? Pretty cool, huh? So there's a sign right there that we need to get that AC fixed. All right. So if you look up at this, just a quick over, over, um, overview of why the moons are important is we're seeing in this that every time that there's a blood moon, there is something significant happens when it falls on a feast day. Okay, You see Passover, tabernacles, and Passover and tabernacles. Every time there's four moons in two years, that's called a tetrad. Okay, Now those happen... At different times of, of, the, of the year, or different times of our history, but they don't always happen on those feast days. 
So you understand it falls exactly, when it says April 15, 2014, that's exactly the day of Passover. Okay? And it fell exactly on that day. And then the same with tabernacles in October. Now this is just the most recent one. Okay? We go way back to, where, to the beginning. And how many know NASA has been keeping track of all this stuff? That's the amazing thing. We have the technology of NASA to keep track of all this. So this isn't like the church saying this. This is NASA saying, here's the moon, here's the alignment. And tonight, I'm actually going to show something I haven't shown for a long time for many of you that haven't seen it yet, which is a sign out of the book of Revelation. Okay? So we know that these right here are happening now. They happened last year and this year. And the fourth one right here is going to happen this month in September. <laughs> <laughs> you need a shower. <laughs> Get some soap and you'll be good. All right. So the fourth one's going to happen this year. God's letting this happen. It's just lighten it up a little bit in the room, right? So this last one is a sign. Now, the reason this is important is because this is happening right now. The last one that happened where there was four blood moons on Jewish feast days was 1967. What happened in 1967? For those who have been listening long enough. Six-day war, and Jerusalem became a city, officially. Going back the time before that, that all four blood moons fell on Jewish feast days, exactly on the feast days, was 1948. What happened in 1948? Israel became a nation. And they are the fig tree that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. So none of the prophetic things that are happening today could have happened before 1948 and these blood moons. And then it goes back a couple other times. For example, when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, the temple that Solomon built, that Jesus said was going to be destroyed, happened on blood moons. So how many see that there's a pattern that God is saying here that I'll speak to you through the sun and the moon for signs and seasons, meaning I can use the stars and the moon and the sun to speak to you about things that I'm doing on the earth, okay? Now, I want to just throw this out for a lot of new people that haven't been to any of these teachings we have to understand that we, we've been taught in our culture, in America especially, and this goes down into Latin America and probably a lot of other places, that looking up to the stars is bad because we have what's called astrology. Okay, So astrology is the horoscope. Astrology is what tells me that I, you know, I'm a Scorpio or I'm a whatever those things are, uh, Pisces, whatever those are, and that he'll, they'll align the stars with what's going on. And so we've been taught, especially as Christians, that, that's bad, and it is bad because it's worship of the stars. So because of that, I think the devil has used that to keep us from looking up. That makes sense? He's like, hey, let me, that's what he does. Let me do something to kind of put a smoke screen on this so that, that nobody will read Genesis 1 and realize that God is speaking to us through the moon. So, you see, we have our eyes down. And I'm, I am that person for many, many years. I never even thought about that God could, I never paid attention to that part. And, and that comes into to Daniel 12 that we've been talking about a lot, where the Bible says in the last days that the science and knowledge would increase. So that's, that's science and that's knowledge. But the other thing is the knowledge of the Bible. Understanding things we didn't understand five years ago. And I've told you that there's a guy that I highly respect. This guy's one of them, Jonathan Kahn. Another guy's Mark Biltz. He's the one that actually discovered the blood moons. He's another Jewish rabbi converted to Christ. And there's another guy that I follow and listen to a lot because of he, he's spirit-filled and I believe in his doctrine. And he studied the Bible for 70,000 hours. It's a lot of Bible study. And in his times of study, he says that in the last two years, he has learned more in, than he has in his entire 40 years of ministry. 
because things have begun, begun to make sense. Doesn't it make sense that that would begin to happen right now when we really need it to happen? Some of those things, you know, Paul called, for example, the, the, the rapture, he called it a mystery. He said, I show you a mystery. Now, obviously, it wasn't meant to be a mystery forever, but at that time when he wrote it, it didn't make any sense because they didn't need it. It wasn't going to happen for thousands of years. But now we have the Bible revealing these things to us and showing us what's going on, and now things begin to make more sense. So now we can look at these blood moons and say, wow, God can speak to us through the moon. Okay? How many follow that so far? So you'll see that also without taking the time. You'll see that in Joel chapter 2. You'll see that in Acts chapter 2. You'll see that obviously in Matthew 24. And you'll see it in the book of Revelation where the, where the sun, the moon, and the stars come into play. Now I want to go back and forth. I know we've got um, the light and the not light. But there's a few things I want to show you. I'm going to show you in a second um, a, a really significant sign. But I want to show you uh, another one that's, that just came, I came across. Um, that I want to have Dylan play real quick, just to show, the, the guy mentioned, the rabbi mentioned that, about marriage. Ever since that happened, you guys know the very Sunday that that happened, I um, preached on it, and I preached on what God's plan was for marriage, and I preached on that this was a, a nail in the coffin for our country, and uh, I, just want to, I just want to show you something tonight that's showing how far we have gone. It's just a quick two-minute video. Watch this. You're not going to hear it very good, but you'll see it. Try to turn the volume all the way up. We are really in a relationship for a lot of behavior in that way because we love each other. And I can't tell you how much that means to us. One day soon, in fact, God willing, we may even be able to walk down the aisle of this church that we love so much. And nothing means more than that to me. Uh, but there's a lot of work to be done before that happens. One of the most important things that has to happen before we do that is that I probably should, with the permission of your parents, David. <laughs> chapter 5 real quick and I'm going to show you what that is you heard the, the rabbi mention that uh, when you take the marriage what they did in Babylon they called it a desecration so when you take something that's God's and you twist it and then you take it into the church I mean we know it's bad enough that it's being accepted but that was in a church a Methodist church and I don't know if you know I, I'm pretty, pretty sure you noticed standing ovation the pastor was the first one to stand and clap so not only are they accepting it, they're celebrating it. 
And Isaiah 5.20 has been a verse that's been in my spirit for a very long time. And it is the picture in a few words of what we're going through right now. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. That is what we are seeing right now. When you, when it's woe to those, it says. That means warning. You cannot take what is God's and twist it and then mock, make a mockery of it and then expect God to stand back and there not be judgment. There's always been. And that's what the, the, the rabbi was mentioning there in his, his speech. Now, I want to just throw out to you tonight a few things that um, are, 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 are going on in September. Why we've been talking so much about preparing ourselves spiritually for what could come now just like he said i have never said on this date something's going to happen i've never set a date i what i've said feasts and i've mentioned things and i've said possibilities and that's what our call is is to be watching and praying and looking but there's something that's happening right now i was talking to my mother-in-law about this and my parents last night who've been saved more than 40 years and there's no doubt that we are living in days that we've never seen before. Now, some of you aren't old enough to have seen the absolute desecration that many of us have seen. Uh, you can even go back just in the simple ways to even 20 years ago. And some of you can, can see on uh, uh, some, some cable stations now old TV shows. You think back to some of the old TV shows that used to be on. I mean, even when I was growing up as a teenager, like Family Matters and uh, Full House and just some of those ones. I mean, just think about some of the shows that were popular. They were wholesome. There was no agenda in them. Uh, they, uh, even going back further, there was times where uh, the, the, the people wouldn't even sleep in the same bed that were married on TV. They had two beds. Uh, my mother-in-law mentioned that when she was young, when a, when a woman was pregnant out of wedlock, it was majorly looked down on. It was just not accepted like it is today. So I'm just saying that to show you how quickly society has gone downhill and how now we're not just sinning. We're accepting sin, legalizing sin, and celebrating sin. How many see that, that, dis, that difference? And so that's, that's what's accelerating us. To, so, so, so that's one thing is just to look at the world we live in, to see that my grandma was raised, was raised Methodist. I told mom and dad last night, she would be, as we say, rolling over in her grave to see her church doing that all these years later. Okay? And uh, believe it or not, the Methodist church was one of the first churches to usher in or usher back in, uh, in the last couple hundred years, the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, they've lost it again, but to believe, just to see how far they've gone... And just to see now that churches are not only accepting it, but they're making pastors, uh, uh, they're ordaining them that are homosexuals. And so it's just, it's just a whole other level. That's, that's one thing to look at. Then we start to see now with these, with these convergences that he mentioned, that we're in times that we've never been in. That the, the book of Timothy says, perilous times. And so all I'm trying to do as your pastor is just get you to watch. I'm just trying to get you to be alert. The reason we're doing this is to get you to sober up, like the Bible says, and to, be, to pay attention and to, and to look at what the Bible's saying and understand that there, we can't understand everything. 
There's going to be some things where we're still like, well, I'm not sure how this is going to work, but we're trying our best to pull all these things together and make a decision and make an understanding of what God is trying to say to us. But there's no doubt that something's going on right now. And for years now, there's been a, a pointing to this date. Now, I want to, I want to show you something that to kind of take away what some people might be thinking. We know that in the past, even the last 20 years, we've had several times where people have mentioned dates. They've said on this date, Jesus is going to come back. Now, the last one that I remember was May 21st of 2011. How many remember that? Signs everywhere, uh, TV, radio, it was a huge boom. And I remember saying very clearly, if Jesus was going to come back on that date, he wasn't anymore. Because they were naming an exact date and they were saying it now. The interesting thing about that is, is now, just in the last couple of years, we have learned some things through these rabbis that there is a little bit more information in the Bible than we thought. How many understand that tonight? I want, I want to make sure we understand that. There are some things that we have learned in the last couple of years that were there, but we didn't understand them. Does everybody get that? They were there, but we didn't understand them. So the difference is, when they made that, I was telling my dad this last night, when they made that date, May 21st, 2011, there was absolutely zero signs around that date. Does everybody understand that? There was no signs. There was no moon signs. There was no spiritual signs. There was no cycle signs. All these things that we've been talking about that are pointing to a time that we're in, those did not exist in, in, that, in that date that they were doing. Besides the fact they had all kinds of doctrinal issues that didn't even line up. So I'm just trying to show you that this is not just another cry wolf. And what I wanted you to understand, and the rabbi said it too, is if we don't see the return of the Lord, if we don't see the, the rapture of the church, if we don't see that coming soon, I told you and I'll continue to tell you something's going to happen. The world is going to change. Okay, that we can say with certainty because you can't have this many things happening and nothing happen. Does everybody understand that? That we don't have to be, the Bible told us over and over again, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be in the dark. So we can look at this and say something's going to happen. And I've been telling you, even the world has been saying that. You can go to secular sites, secular news things that have nothing to do with God. And they're saying something's going to happen in September. Okay, so Signs are everywhere. And how many know if the world says something, we need to really be paying attention. Okay, And so I want, I want you to understand that we've learned some things recently through the Bible about uh, times... And we went over those. How many remember the feasts? Leviticus 23. I know we've got some new people in here tonight that haven't been to one of these. Leviticus 23 talks about feasts. That's what those are. Passover is a feast. Tabernacles is a feast. Now, there's only two up there of the seven. How many doesn't know anything about the feast? Let me see your hand. I just, okay, I just want to mention it real quick so you don't get left out. It's real simple. Okay. How many have ever seen what's called the menorah? It's like, it looks like a candle, candle holder. Okay. It goes like this. And... Uh, and it's got seven what looks like candlesticks, okay? The Bible says those represent the seven spirits in Revelation. And it also remembers, it represents the seven feasts of the Lord. And there's no, no, no coincidence that it's seven because that's God's perfect number, okay? And so in that, Dylan, actually, if you could find just while you're there so they can see it, there should be something there that shows those seven feasts uh, on a menorah. And while he's doing that, I just want to show you that says Passover and Tabernacles. What it means is there's four, four spring feasts and three fall feasts. Now, that sounds really religious and boring to us. 
But if I told you that it was not feasts and I said, these are dates, would that waken you up a little bit? Right? That would waken you up a little bit. So feast is what they call them in the Bible, but that's in English. The Jewish word for feast is moedim, which means appointed times. Find anything yet? Okay, once you get that up, let me know so I can turn. Oh, I guess you guys let me know. Y'all follow that? Appointed times. Okay? See that? You got the seven there. Actually, that's not it. That's way too many. Right there. There you go. Just hit, hit on that image. Okay, so there's seven feasts. Now the first one on the left, can you get that one big, whichever one it was? All right, hit, there you go. There's actually should be, there actually should be something around that actually says the feasts. But anyways, the first one is Passover. Okay, that was Jesus. Look at me for a second so you don't get lost. That was Jesus uh, shedding his blood for us and fulfilling what Passover was in the Old Testament. Okay, most people know that at least, that that's when the death angel came through, they put blood on the doors, and the angel passed over if they had the blood on the doors, okay? Every, most people know at least that. We, so we celebrate that as Easter, but that's not when it started. It's been thousands of years old, okay? So Passover is the first one. Then the second one is unleavened bread, okay? And the unleavened bread means he's the perfect sacrifice. He says, I'm the bread of life, right? Remember that from the New Testament? And he actually says in there that he is... Um, you know what? There we go. Perfect. Actually, that's in Jew. That's 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 okay. That's that's fine. That's perfect. So that's actually got the the Jewish names, but that's okay. So the second one's unleavened bread. The first one. So the second one is his burial, his life is in his perfect life, uh, uh, without without yeast, without sin, in his burial. The third one is first fruits. Okay, that's what is that? Someone guess what that is? First fruits or remembers? Just throw it out. You won't be wrong. Resurrection. Okay, Jesus said, "I became the first fruits of the risen from the dead." So He fulfills the law again there, and He rises from the dead, and He fulfills that third one, which is called first fruits. The fourth one, Shavuot, is feast of Pentecost or feast of weeks. How many remember in the Acts chapter two? The Bible says He says in the Bible there, on the day of Pentecost. I want you to pay attention to that. Okay, don't look at it now, but in Acts chapter two, how many remember that verse? On the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one accord, okay? And I have joked about this before because most people think that the reason people are called Pentecostals is because they speak in tongues. But they're not, we're all Pentecostals. Every Christian's a Pentecostal because the church started on the day of Pentecost. Let that mess up your theology. Seriously, that's what people think. Oh, Pentecostals, and they put them in this crazy thing. We're all Pentecostals. The church of Jesus Christ started on the day of Pentecost. Now, y'all noticing what I'm saying when I say on the day? Can that mean anything else? It didn't say the day before. It didn't say the day after. It said on the day of Pentecost. Y'all with me? That means it happened on that day. That means he fulfilled it on that day. Okay, it's very important. I'm, I'm hitting that home for a reason. Because the feasts are appointed times, Moedim. Those are calendar dates from the Lord. And all the spring feasts, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, death and resurrection, and then burial burial resurrection all happen on the days of those feasts. So Jesus fulfilled them on the day. 
that they were supposed to be fulfilled. Y'all get that? Can I move on? On that day. Church was started 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. And so now for 2,000 years, we have been in what's called, the church calls the age of what? The church, but there's another word, grace. Okay, we've been in the age of grace, the dispensation of grace, where we're saved by grace, where the Gentiles being saved by grace. The Jews missed them. God brought salvation to the Gentiles. Those who would believe in him, call on his name, would be saved. Okay, so for 2,000 years, that's been us. Now, because of time, let's just think about this for a second. Because of time, we know that God created the the earth in how many days? Six days. On the seventh day, he rested. How many know there's many verses in the Bible that say one day is like a what? Thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. And so if we look back at God's time frame, he created the world in six days. And we look at how many years passed from creation to Jesus was 4,000 years. Then from Jesus to now... We're in the year 2015, 2,000 years. Why are you smiling at me so much, pretty? Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. I thought I had my zipper down or something. All right. All right. Got that? 4,000 from, from Exodus, or from, from the creation to Jesus, 2,000 from Jesus to now. We're in the year 2,000. No questions at the moment. I'll answer in a second. Okay? So that's 6,000 years. Now, if you go to Jewish, there's a thing called TorahCalendar.org or com. Jewish, it says on there, we are in the year 6,000. So if we're in the year 6,000 on God's creation calendar, what's next? No wrong or right answers. What's next? What happened after six days? We rested. So what's next on God's calendar is the millennial reign. 1,000 years on the earth, ruling and reigning with the Lord. But right before that happens, that's why the book of Revelation is written. Right before that happens, there has to have some, that something has to happen called what? Jacob's trouble. What's Jacob's trouble? Seven years of tribulation. Seven years of testing the earth. Seven years of dealing with his people. Okay, we're already saved. We don't need to be dealt with. We know Jesus. Who doesn't know Jesus? His people. So he's going to reveal himself to his people. He has a purpose for that in the book of Revelation. We've been talking about some of that stuff. I'm not necessarily trying to get into that tonight. But he is uh, going to come and deal with his people. And that is one of the reasons that the, 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 the book of Revelation exists and the tribulation is going to happen. Besides the fact that Satan is going to have his last chance to try to destroy and his last chance to do what he always does, which is copy. And that's why we, we know in Revelation it says the Antichrist. Okay, because God or de- the devil is always trying to copy the, the Lord. Okay, how many are following that so far? So we see these times and we see that what's, what's next on the horizon. And so now we begin to say, okay, alarms are going off and telling us that we've been, we've been going through years and years and years and people have been saying these things but now we're looking at the clock of God and we're saying man something's about to happen because it's 11.59 on God's clock now I'm going to mention a few things here just to throw through them real quick how many remember last week or the week before when I mentioned and if anybody got that video 
How many saw that video, by the way? Several people have asked for it. Very, very disturbing, right? And just shows you clearly why God's going to judge the world, okay? But it also shows a lot of things that have been happening that are what are called birth pains. Jesus said birth pains would happen before the tribulation would start. We are in those birth pains, and those birth pains are past due. Now, how many know I've, been, I've used the baby thing a lot of times, so the example of a baby? Remember Jesus said it would be like childbirth. Now, if a baby, this is important, this is important to understand why I believe we're in such a critical time. Because I know we just had some babies born. I don't know. I don't think anybody's pregnant at the moment. But if they were, and they were, I know I have a sister-in-law that's about to have a baby in a couple months. When you get up to that due date, okay, and let's say they're a couple weeks away. They go into the doctor, maybe even a week away. And the doctor says, hey, the baby's not ready yet. Now, we know a baby can be born premature. And a baby can be born a little bit after. But you can't go too far past the pregnancy date until it gets dangerous, right? And so let's say you went in. And you, the doctor saw you and say it's going to be another couple weeks. Okay, you say, okay, I can understand that. We'll be back in a couple weeks. But what if you went to the doctor, ladies, and the doctor told you it would be another seven months? Okay, besides the pain, besides that you want to kill the doctor, besides all that, is that even possible? No. It's not even possible. Y'all following me? I believe spiritually and prophetically we are in the time of the Lord right now where the birth pains are, are, are due. It's the baby's due. The next step is due. And we can't go another seven months. Does that make sense? Because things are converging so much and we're, we're there. The birth pains that, that Matthew 24 at the beginning talked about are happening and have happened and it can't get any worse, something's got to give. It's almost like, and what's happening with these convergences, how many have ever been in your house and the power's gone off? Or you've had a bunch of stuff plugged into one outlet and the, and the power's gone off? What happens? A breaker kicks, right? So we all go to the breaker box and we kick the breaker back. Most people have done that or know about the theory. What happens is all this stuff's happening at once and it can only handle so much. I believe that the earth and, prof and prophecy... And all the things that are happening right now are going to about to kick the breaker. Okay, does that make sense? It's just so much going. This isn't like we're sitting back going, well, you know, we're just in a bad world. We're seeing so much. Let me throw a few things out to you tonight, okay? Uh, just a few dates in September. We already know that we're in Elul 29, which means that's the Jewish word for the last month. We're in our ninth month, and the Jewish calendar is in their last month. Okay, that's important to understand. They're in the, they're, they're at what for us would be right around Christmas time. Right at the end of the month. They're almost there. And they're, that, not that they celebrate Christmas. That, I'm just giving you an idea in our time where we're at. We're almost to the end of our year in their calendar. They're not on the same calendar as how many understand that. Why? Because they're on a Jewish lunar calendar. We're on a Gregorian calendar. We're on what really is called a pagan calendar. Because that's what we, 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 we know. We're in the United States. That's what we go by. But they go by the moon. They don't go by dates. So every time there's a full moon that comes out, a new moon, it's a new month. How many follow that? New moon just came out, matter of fact, just a couple days ago. How many saw the super moon? How many got to see the moon uh, Friday or Saturday? Huge. Okay, it's called a super moon. It's extra big. Why? Because it's extra close to the earth. So that new moon started, started a new month. On the, on the, on the, uh, uh, what we, to give you an idea of what a, a, new, a, new, a new month is, 
12 new moons, 12 months. Okay? So that's how their calendar is. So on the 13th of this month, now we're in September. Today's the first, right? We're actually in September. On the 13th, there's going to be the new year for the Jewish calendar. Okay? And on that new year, their new year starts. And on that day is Rosh Hashanah. Yom Teruah. That's, that's Hebrew. Feast of Trumpets. We went over that a week ago or two weeks ago with all the trumpets, remember? We went over the fact of all the names that it had, remember? And it, and it said the hidden day, said the day of concealment, if you guys remember that stuff. And uh, we're going over those different ideas of how, what, what's going to happen in Rosh Hashanah. And just so you know, that's the next um, feast that comes up, okay? Spring feasts were over. The next feast that comes up now is the fall feast. We've got uh, uh, Feast of Trumpets. Day of Atonement, right there, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot is Feast of Tabernacles. Now, just to give you an idea of what we believe biblically, we believe that Yom Teruah, because it's Feast of Trumpets, can symbolize the rapture. And Yom Kippur could symbolize the second coming of the Lord, Day of Atonement. When, he, when I say second coming, I mean back to the earth. And Sukkot would be Feast of Tabernacles, which would mean the millennial reign. Okay, so now you see how all those feast days line up with uh, what's, what we see in the Bible is going to happen. So if we look at the fact that the next thing on there, do we know for sure 100%, 150% sure that Feast of Trumpets means the rapture? No, we don't know 150% sure. I'm not being dogmatic about that. I'm just telling you that every time you read about the rapture in the Bible, it mentions trumpets. And we talked about uh, last week or the week before, how many remember the no one knows the day or the hour? I've said that several times in the last couple weeks. How many remember that with the moon? So it makes sense that it talks about no one knows the day or the hour when it talks about the hidden day and the day of concealment. And uh, I'm going I'm to give you a few dates, but I want to hit this before I forget. If I don't do it right now, I'll miss it. I want to hit this again for anybody that didn't get it and sometimes if you get it the third time it sinks I want everybody to meet me at my crib on turkey day to watch the big pig skin somebody tell me what that means go to my house on Thanksgiving to watch the pig skin football game Okay, that's called an idiom I'm going to say it again. I want everybody to come over to Mike. And I threw crib in because it's just another word for house. And I didn't want to say house because that would be too obvious. So I'm going to come over to my crib on turkey day to watch the pigskin. 95% of you, well, all of you would know everything except the crib. Maybe if you didn't know that. But you know what that means, right? All of us know that in our culture. We all know what turkey day is. We all know what the big game is. We know what the pigskin is. That's, that's because it's our culture. Does that make sense? Now, if I went to Jerusalem in the years of Jesus and was walking with him as a disciple and we were done eating and I said, hey, guys, come to my crib on Turkey Day and let's watch the pigskin. They'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? They would have zero idea. Now, let me twist that. Let me flip that around. When somebody in Jesus' culture says to us, no one knows the day or the hour, do you realize that that meant something to them? That meant something to them. That meant the same thing to them 
in terms of understanding is what I just told you. But we listen to it and it means to us, well, no one knows the day or the hour. So we just think, we just can't know. There's just no way. But as we study the scriptures more, what do we find out? The Feast of Trumpets is a day called that no one knows the day or the hour. Y'all follow me? It's an idiom. It means something to their culture. And, and uh, I'll read it so you don't have to go, but write it down First 1 Thessalonians 5. It's very important. Uh, in 4, we read the, far, the part that we believe is the rapture of the church, right? Where he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, about like those who have no hope. Talks about the dead in Christ, that they'll rise first. And that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air with the Lord. And then so will shall ever be with the Lord. And it says what? Comfort one another with these words. How many remember that verse? We hear it a lot. We believe that's the rapture of the church. The snatching away of danger. The taking out. Okay? How many follow that? Now on that point, guys, this is important. He, he says those words. And then in the very next verse, he says, but concerning, pay attention, the times and the seasons. Basically say, concerning the, t- the date and the time and even the place, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. Why would he say that? Because that would be like me saying, come to my crib on turkey day to watch the pig skin and then explaining it to you. I don't have to explain that to you. You know what turkey day is. You know what pig skin is. You know what my crib is. I don't have to tell you that. That's what he's saying there. I don't need to explain the times and the seasons. Why? Because Jewish people knew what that meant. Jewish people knew that the next, what the next feast was. Jewish people knew what the Moedim was. They knew what the times were. Does that make sense to everybody? Because it was their culture. And that's why now, in our days that we're living in right now, knowledge has increased through these rabbis who've given us an understanding. It's not has changed. The word hasn't changed. Just the understanding has changed. All of a sudden, wow, that makes sense. And we went over a bunch of idioms that week. Examples of things you could say, and we all knew what they meant, because there was our culture. Does that make sense? And so the interesting thing about that is, is, and again, I'm I'm not saying anything else but the fact that we need to stay alert and ready, because the next event on the calendar is Feast of Trumpets. And the next event after that would be day of atonement and the next event after that would be tabernacles and so if he fulfilled the spring feast right on those days why would he not fulfill the fall feast on those days and then we say well how do we know that we're close well i'm telling you with all these convergences the blood moons and different things like that that are happening so for anybody that didn't get this a couple weeks ago here's what happens on the day that no one knows the day or the hour it's actually the only feast of the seven that's two days long. All the rest of them start and end one day. It's called the feast that, of, that no one knows the day or the hour because it starts at sunset. Now, by the way, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. It's important. Our sunset in Israel, in Jerusalem, seven hours ahead of us. Okay? Why am I telling you about Jerusalem? Because if you want to talk about the Bible, you need to talk about Jerusalem. Because God is not a God of the United States or Africa or Mexico. He's a God of his people in Israel. And that's where his focus is and his times are there. He loves us. We're his kids. But the times are not coming from United States times. Okay? 
He is a Jewish God. His people are Jewish. And so his culture is that. And we have to, we have to look over there. We have to have our eyes fixed over there. So our time, if, if it's uh, 8 o'clock right now here, it is 3 o'clock in the morning in Israel. Seven hours ahead of us. So at sunset on the 13th, which for us is a Sunday, okay, two weeks from, or one week from this Sunday, is the 13th. That is Feast of Trumpets at sunset begins. And it goes for two days. And uh, Dylan actually helped us with this when he saw something that, like this in Africa with Ashley. But what happens is, once it gets dark, they, look, they go out and look for the moon. And, and if the moon has not come out yet, because it's going to be a full moon and it's behind the sun, they only see darkness. It'd be like if you're looking up at the roof up there and all you see is darkness. You don't see any light. So they're waiting. They, they put two witnesses out there. And they say, we're going to wait until we see a sliver of the moon and we will not know that the new year has started until we see the sliver of the moon. Because that's how they base their years and their months. See, for us, we start the new year at 12.01 a.m. on January 1st. Because we have a watch and a calendar that we go by that's the Gregorian that goes just by time. Y'all following that? It goes by hours. 12 hours, 24 hours. And then at 12 o'clock at night, midnight strikes and it's a new day. It's not the case for them. The new day starts for them when the moon comes out. So, there are times when it, they, they look up there and the first night doesn't come out. And for 48 hours, they don't know when that sliver is going to come out. And the new year does not start until that sliver comes from behind the sun. And that's why it's called, No One Knows the Day or the Hour. So, think about that something to think about that's a, that's a time that we as a church should be paying extra attention to amen because it could be possibly could be the time we get to go home and if it's not like Jonathan Kahn said we're going to wake up the next day and we're going to keep on living just like we are now and we're going to keep on preaching just like we are now and we'll keep on doing what we're doing right now but that's what's next on the calendar and the reason there's such a focus on this is all these convergences September 15th, uh, for example, is when those uh, military exercises end. September 15th also is when the 70th session of the UN General Assembly begins. September 17th is when the Congress is going to be voting for the nuclear treaty with Iran. September 20th to the 26th is what they call the World Week for Peace in Palestine, Israel. September 21st is the UN International Day of Peace. Just let's let these dots connect as I read these things. I've got one here I'm going to come back to in just a second. September 23rd is Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. September 23rd again, Pope Francis is going to be meeting at the White House with the President. Okay, that's not that abnormal, but I saw a note here that I thought was interesting. Now, again, these are just possible signs, okay? I'm not trying to read it. I'm just writing th reading things that I've, uh, saying things that I've written that's interesting. This is an unusual event, not because the Pope visits the president, but because Francis is the 266th Pope, and he's going to be meeting the president on the 266th day of the year. 
And, and there's been many prophecies that this pope is the last pope. Okay, now when I say that, you might, oh, what prophecy? The person who prophesied that, that this will be the last pope, named every pope that's ever existed in that prophecy. Said this was the last one. Another thing with the pope is that he will be addressing, this is very, very symbolic, the U.S. Congress on September 24th for the first time in history. So you start putting two and two together next month of all these things going on. Why would the Pope be going into Congress? September 25th to the 27th, the United Nations is going to launch, listen to this, a brand new sustainable development agenda. You start thinking about what could, go, what could happen and what could go on soon. You start realizing that some things are be, meetings are beginning to happen that may, be, that may have a, another uh, motive than normal. And then the last date, just symbolic of, of ones I wrote down, is the 28th, is the last day of Feast of Tabernacles. And on that day, remember, on that day is the last blood moon. Okay, and it is also a super moon. And the last reason that that's really symbolic is it's the last one for 500 years. Okay, there's not going to be, let me, let me, let me put emphasis on that. There's not going to be another set of blood moons on feast days for 500 years. And, and from what we're seeing, every time that's happened, there's been signs for the last seven times they've happened. Okay? Something symbolic has happened to Israel. Now, I want to I have you read something, and then let's, uh, let's switch over to, if you could, to the other thing. I want to show this sign that I showed. How many have seen, I know probably even half, how many have seen the sign of Revelation 12? How many were here that day that I showed it? Okay, not even half. Cool. All right, this sign right here, go to Revelation 12. It's really important. Because we've been talking about the blood moons. And I want to show you guys something that's really, really interesting. We've got to switch the thing over right here too. Don't forget that. There we go. Okay. Hopefully I'll be able to see. In a second, yeah. I'll let you know. Okay, let's read Revelation 12. You there? Verse 1. And actually, I'm going to have someone with a really loud voice read that out loud real quick. Not all at once. Never mind, I'll do it. Now, a great sign, not just a sign, a what? Great sign. How many know that great is better than not great? We haven't seen the word great before a sign in any of the other verses we've read yet. Okay, he says, now a great sign appeared in heaven, okay, in heaven, and through them, oops, I just skipped down three verses. A woman clothed with the sun, 
with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Okay? We'll read that one more time. This is a great sign. It says up in heaven, so it's something we got to look for. Not on earth, up in heaven. And it's really, really simple. It says it's a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Okay, everybody got that? Now we'll be able to look at it again in a second. Everybody can see this up here, right? Um, I'm going to go ahead and... Can you see it good or I need to turn the lights off? That was worse. Okay, how about I get it going a little bit and then I'll turn it off, okay? It's good? Okay. Here's what's cool. Here's, here's the Daniel 12, verse 4 technology we have today. This is a picture called Stellarium. And if you look at the bottom down here, it says, Earth, Jerusalem. That is like having a camera right now. This is, this is like NASA looking at the sky in Jerusalem right now. Okay? So, this, so, so think about this. When we go back to, to prophecies, how many know a lot of times we don't understand the prophecies because they're saying something 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, that made a lot of sense to them in their language, but they didn't understand it because they hadn't seen it yet. And then it gets translated to English, so it can get a little foggy in there. How many follow that? That we had to really pay attention to those things. But this is really cool. I'm going to show you how this works. I'm going to go over here to the left. Everybody can see this good? All right. This is the location window, which we showed as Jerusalem. Now, down here is the thing I'm going to click called the date, time, window. So if you see there in the middle, 2015, that's the year we're in. September 9th, first of the month. Okay? Everybody see that? September 1st of 9. 9, 1. And the time. Then I'm going to go down here. I'm going to pull this date time down. Out of the way a little bit. And I'm going to go down here and I'm going to put in what's called the constellations. Now remember in the very beginning I told you this is not a sin. This is not astrology. This is astronomy. This is the study of the stars, not the worship. Okay, so how many see some constellations there? You don't they don't mean anything to you yet. But I'm begin to go down like this and I'm also going to change the time so I can see something specific. And as you see that, you see, obviously, the sun coming out now. And I'm going to put in names. And I'm going to begin to change dates. And I'm going to have to do something here because of the time. I need to make it uh, so we can see the night sky. There we go. I haven't done this for a while, so bear with me.
thing that makes this hard is with my mouse, I was able to zoom in better. Okay, how many can see right here? I'm gonna, this is going to help you in a second. See the constellations? Now I'm going to put what they have with what are considered drawings so you can see them better. See that? Now right here, where my, my cursor is, everybody can see the cursor? This is Virgo. Now again, for us, in our, our knowledge growing up, we're like, this is all bad stuff to us. It's like, you know, because of horoscopes. But... God made the stars, okay? And this is called Virgo, meaning the virgin. She's a sign because we're looking here for a great sign that appeared in heaven. Um, where's Dylan at? Dylan, can you do me a quick favor? Can you run to my office and grab that mouse? It's the only way they're going to see this really good. While he's doing that, I'm going to do something else. I think I can still do it. No, I can't. Okay, I'm going to explain something else to you. Go to Revelation chapter 9. I don't want to waste time on this. I can show you like this, but it's going to be much better if I can zoom out a little bit. Revelation chapter 9. Let me ask you a question. How many tonight have heard of the name CERN? couple okay this this is this is new to me as well in studying i've heard about it for a long time but it's, i haven't gotten around to studying it this is going to be another thing that's going to be a humongous sign of a convergence for september okay hopefully this works see if this works not yet under it you do like what paper mm, still not working all right Dylan, come on, man. Hook me up. Come here. What are you doing? Yeah, you can work on that. Get that mouse moving for me. I don't have a mouse pad. It works on my desk. I don't think it's the mouse pad. I don't have a mouse pad in my office. Magic hands, huh? Oh, maybe the color. On your shirt, you say? On your stomach? No. Hmm. Is it because of this? All right. Move on to the thing. Revelation 9. I'm going to remember last week or the week before when we talked about um, the internet and the mark of the beast. 
And we talked about uh, that in, in, in Book of Revelation, there's going to be an Antichrist. It's going to make a one-world government, one-world money, one-world religion. Cause all people, great and small, poor and rich, to take a mark. We talked about that. And that's the mark of the Antichrist. That's the mark of the beast. And we talked about how it would be something that would be totally against Jesus, of course. Totally against his, his kingdom. And uh, that we will not take that if we're here. Right? We're, we, we believe in the rapture still. But if we're wrong about that and we're on this earth, what are we going to do? We're not going to take the mark of the beast. We're going to die for our faith. Okay? We're going to go to the end and we're not going to fall for that. Okay? But here's what's interesting. Stay, pay attention over here. Here's what's interesting. The mark of the beast, the number says in Revelation is what? What's the number? 666, right? Most people have heard that. Well, Internet was started 25 years ago in 1989. And the Hebrew letters for WWW is 666. And I remember... I told you guys it kind of antiquated me. I remember a guy telling me, "Have you? are you on the World Wide Web? If that doesn't work, I have that little thing that plugs everything into it. It might not be grabbing it for some reason. How many remember when the World Wide Web came out? No one even knew what it meant. I didn't even know what it meant. The guy's like, hey, have you heard of the World Wide Web? I'm like, no clue what that was. So that was the internet that we know today. And, and now Facebook and Instagram and everything has linked the world, Right? We can look at the good of that, but the bad of it is, is it has linked the world. And it has linked us all together. And so we know everything about everybody, and everybody knows everything about us. And here's the interesting thing, is this company called CERN is in France and Switzerland. They're kind of on the border. Pay attention to this. And this company started in 1954, and they are building, and I'll show you a picture in a second, they're building a, uh, let me get the right word, a Hadron Collider. That doesn't make any sense to you, but it'll make sense in a second. They've built this 17-mile tunnel underground. And they are taking protons and neutrons, basically, and magnets. And what they're trying to do through science is recreate the speed of light. And in that recreation of the speed of light, create, recreate, I should say, the big boom. Or what they call on their website, the God particle. That's, you know, this is, this is like messing with marriage. Okay? So this company spending billions, probably trillions of dollars to build this tunnel. Okay? And it's this big, huge circle. And they are very close to doing what they're trying to do. Very close. Okay? And the interesting thing is, let's read Revelation 9, verse 1. You there? says, Then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw, this is this trumpet, this is the fifth trumpet of Revelation. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Okay, y'all follow that? Now go to verse 11. Actually, yeah, I'll go to verse 11, but just quickly, the rest of the verses talks about coming out of this abyss, 
without taking the time, are going to come out these creatures that look like scorpions. And they will sting people, uh, and, but will not kill them, but they will torment for five months. Okay, that's what those middle verses, you can read that later. I want you to see verse 11. It says, And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. Now that don't mean anything to us. That's like Turkey Day and all that stuff, right? That don't mean anything. We read that, it's like, man, what in the world is God talking about? John knew what he was talking about because he was prophesying to the future. And here's what's crazy. This CERN company, and I, I, I want to show you this, but nothing's seeming to be working right now. It's good? Oh, okay. Okay, can we hold that thought on CERN? I'm going to show you these last two things to close tonight. We're good. There it is. There we go. See, now I can zoom out. Thank you. Okay, perfect. That helped a lot. Okay, I think we can probably kill the light so we can see it better. All right, now, we got to realize that John the Revelator is looking up at the sky when he sees this vision, right? He says, I saw a great sign in heaven. So here's what's crazy. We're in 2015 looking basically at the same sky John was. You can almost take yourself back to that time and act like you're looking at this with John. So he says, I saw a woman clothed with the sun. Now watch this. Let me, get, let me change the date here. What did, I tell you? What, what did I tell you about the 23rd? What's on the 23rd of uh, September? What's it called? Anybody remember? It's a feast. Yom Kippur or Day of Atonement. Okay, so let's go to, let's go to the 23rd. of September and let's see how all of a sudden she is a woman Virgo clothed with the sun but the Bible said there that she had a crown of 12 stars on her head correct now let me take off these lion, these uh, pictures for a second and watch one two Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there's only nine crown, nine stars on the crown of her head. So this this can't be the sign this this month, 2015. Everybody see that? Oh, and the other one, the other part of the sign was that the moon would be under her feet. Does everybody remember that enough to remember? It was a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon at her feet and a crown of 12 stars. Okay, now we know this is, this is, this is the stars, because, or this is something in the sky because he said it was a great sign in heaven. Everybody follow me so far? So this is 2015 though. So let's go back to 2014, see if anything happens. We still don't have 12 stars up there. 2013, that's past. No sight of the moon. 
2012, same thing. Let's go the other way. Let's go forward into the future. Now, this is like looking at a clock, 2014, 15. That's where we're at now. Now, look where Jupiter is. How many remember that Jupiter was the, was the star that the wise men used to find Jesus? You remember that? That was just talked about, was it last month or the month before? Y'all there? Last month, okay. So here's Jupiter. Where would Jupiter need to be for this to be symbolic? In Virgo, right? So let's, let's pause for a second. And let's go back to the time of Jesus. And now is when I'm going to have trouble. It's okay, though. Okay. Same sign, right? Virgo. Sun's here. Look at this. See over here where my, where my cursor is? What year is it? The year two. That would be where Jesus was two years old. He's already been born. Let's go back to the year zero. Look where Jupiter is. Y'all see that? Let me put the picture back on. In the Virgin, Virgo, Jupiter is inside of her stomach. And this is the year Jesus is born. It's not there the year before in negative one. It's not there in negative two. It's not there in the year one. It's only there in the year zero. See that? Jupiter in, in Virgo's stomach. Jupiter is the king planet, symbolic of Jesus. So I just want to show you how real this is to take us forward back now to the year we're in right now. Whoa, that's way too far ahead. There we go. Okay, I'm good. All right, now I'm going to take it to you. I've teased you long enough. If I can find the cursor. Back to the year we're in now. Now, if you, if you wonder why I'm in September, because if I change it from September, we don't have the sign anymore. See the sun? If I change it to August, July, June, the sun's nowhere close to the virgin. Y'all see that? So it has to be in September. That's the only time that she's clothed with the sun. Okay, so I want to say this sign again. We see a great sign in heaven with a woman clothed with the sun, the moon at her feet, and a crown of 12 stars. There's no moon, and there's only nine stars. Okay, we're not, because this right here, this yellow thing is not a star. It would only be 10 anyways. And Jupiter's up here. So we don't have enough. Okay, we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We're still lacking in 2015. So 2016, we still don't have it. Moon is nowhere to be seen. We don't have 12 crowns on our head. Now watch this, guys, when I hit 2017. Watch things line up. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon at her feet, with a crown of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 stars on her head. Does everybody see that? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it sit there just for one second before I turn it off. I'll make sure you see it good. I'll take off these constellations. See how it all lines up? Now I'm going to go forward to 2018 and watch what happens. It's not there. Back to 17, it's there. Back to 19, 20, 21, 22. Go ahead and turn the lights on, Dylan. What this sign says is that in 2017, in two years, this sign that we're reading about in Revelation 12 is going to happen or happens according to NASA. Does everybody follow that and see that? Now, I went, I went backwards all the way back to before. I took the time to, to verify this. And, and obviously, you can change the dates here, Francis. I'm going to hold this down and watch how it just changes. See how everything goes crazy like that? Anytime it got anywhere close to where the moon was there and the, and the uh, stars were lined up, I stopped. I took, it took hours. And I went all the way forward 500 years. And I went backward to the time of Christ. That sign that you saw there with the sun, her clothed in the sun, moon at her feet, and a crown of 12 stars never happens again. It's the only time it ever happens. What is that? A sign. Okay? That can't even be made up. It's a sign. Does everybody follow that? It's something that shows us something two years down the road. Now that, from where we're at right now, someone might say, well, that's not mid-tribulation. or It doesn't have to be exactly in the middle of tribulation. But it's, it's showing us in two years, this sign's going to happen. Okay? And then, if you go on to read the next part, it says... Verse chapter 12, verse 1, okay, all that happens. Then it says, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now that goes back to when she actually gave birth to Christ. But then it says, and another sign appeared in heaven and a great fiery red dragon. Now I need to put this thing back on real quick. This, the, the things. I'm in the year 2,108 too. But over there, see Hydra? I got to go back down. This thing's hard to navigate sometimes. See the big serpent? See right here? Hydra? It's right here by the lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Right there is a, is a great serpent. See the big serpent? It goes on to say that the next sign after that is that another sign appeared in heaven and behold a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems in his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. This is all prophetic. And then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And then a war broke out in heaven. And then there the Bible says Satan is cast down to the earth.
Now the last thing I want to show you, not in this anymore. Is I want to go back quickly to CERN. Look at the side over there of the logo. See if you see anything in that logo. The logo of CERN, that's, their, that's, their, that's not like something that a church made up. This is their logo, okay? That says CERN has three sixes in the logo. And if you look over there where it says in the news, this is just nine hours ago, test results show more detail about God particle. And what that thing is, I went in and read it, it's basically saying that they believe this thing's been going since April. They've got the machine going, okay? I'm going to show you one thing even crazier. They've got the machine going around to get to the speed of light. Guess when they think the speed of light's going to reach its peak. September 23rd. That's when they think it's going to reach the speed of light. And here's what their president says they believe is going to happen. They believe that when it reaches the speed of light, and there's this, oh, one thing I didn't mention is in this thing there's magnets 100,000 times the pull of gravity. Okay? The magnets in that thing are 100,000 times of the pull of gravity. And when that thing hits the speed of light, what they've, what they've created is it goes way down into the ground. I think I can actually show you a, a picture of that too. It actually shows, if I put images, see this? This, this goes down in the ground, and they believe that when it hits its peak at the speed of light, here's what their president says with his mouth, something's going to come out of that hole, or something's going to go in it. Okay, that's, I'm just telling you what they said. You can read all this. Now, if you go back to Revelation 9, what does the Bible say? Forget what CERN says. What does the Bible say is going to come out of the bottomless pit? Demons looking like scorpions. Now, this, you, you, oh, come on, you're making something up. I, I haven't told you the most crazy part yet. Besides the fact that they invented the internet, and that's the mark of the beast. Besides the fact they got sixes in their logo, this picture right here, let me, let me focus in on this. See the word Shiva up there? I'm going to make it bigger for you. Where is my mouse? See that picture over there? That is... a Hindu god called Shiva. Now the Hindus have millions of gods. Y'all still with me? I'm going to close with this. The Hindu gods have millions of gods, but they only have one god of all their, all their gods called Shiva, which means god of destruction. Okay, god of destruction. Now what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. If you go back and look at Revelation 9, Verse 11, which I haven't got to yet and read, or I read, but you didn't make any sense before. It says, and they had a king over them that was the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, 
But in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Guess what Apollyon means? Destruction. Now to go even further, here's what's really crazy. Let me show you one more picture. By the way, how many know that most companies don't like to relate anything godly to themselves? They don't have any fear of putting... This is the statue outside of their company. Okay? Most people don't want to have anything to do with God with their companies. They don't have any problem putting that. If you'll even say it, it sees out there, destroy of evil. You see their headquarters. Um, there's one more thing I wanted you to see. I think I've got to go back to the page before. Don't lose me. Tie all this together. I know it's late. I know it's Tuesday. Here's a picture. Come on, open up. Here's a picture of this tunnel. 17 miles around, underground, right at the border of France and Switzerland. The land, let me read this so I don't get it wrong. The land that this complex is sitting on is called, is called St. Genis Pauli, which in Roman times was a town called Apolliacum, which is a town that dedicated a temple to the god Apollyon. Let that sink in. Y'all get that? Here's, here, here's John 2,000 years ago. He could have just said the bottomless pit. But he didn't just say the bottomless pit. He said the name of the demon that was going to come out of him, the king. And that just happens to line up today in 2015 with this company that made the internet. That's Logo 666. And could possibly cause, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, exactly what's going to happen when, when that thing happens, September 23rd, that they say is going to happen. But let me throw another twister in. How many remember when I mentioned over these last few weeks that the French Prime Minister, this is in France, stood up with John Kerry and said, we have 500 days to avoid climate chaos. Does anybody remember that? Well, that 500 days ends on September 24th. So all I'm saying with all this stuff we've been talking about is, is it, how many signs do we have to see to realize we're in some crazy times? And not only crazy, we're in some times where God predicted these things were going to happen. Why? So we would believe, so we would know that our faith is real. I mean, how can, you can't write this stuff. You can't even make this stuff up. That it would be on the land of that place. And, it, and the, if you saw the pictures before, of the whatever that thing's called, that the hole, it looks like a stargate. They call it a portal. And if you look at all these scientific movies that are coming out nowadays, it's that looks like the stargate that they go through in the movies. And I can just see how all this can tie in once again to to it being the great cover up and the great deception of the church disappearing off the face of the earth in the rapture. And them saying that's where they went. They went into this portal. Or it just being simply straight out what this says, that if it says it was given to him the key of the bottomless pit, what if God, what if the key was found by us as human beings? 
to open that door through science to open up the, 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 the destruction upon the earth. There's just a lot of things that tie in. But that, that, that's a sign that you just can't argue with. And, and, the, and like I said, this is all public knowledge. And that's been their words. Something's going to come out or something's going to go in. Okay, so tie all these things together tonight. And my, my job, my call, is just to make you guys be aware we are living in some times we've never, ever seen before. And everything's coming together. Amen? And, and, and we don't stop believing. What, here, here's the thing. Titus 2 says that the blessed hope, our blessed hope, is the rapture of the church. A blessed hope. Because I don't know about y'all, man, if, if, if we didn't have something to look forward to, none of this would sound too fun. But we have something to look forward to, which is the return of Christ. And we've been talking about this for months, about how we see in the scriptures that it's not God's plan or will for us to be appointed to wrath. Amen? And we've got to believe that tonight. And we've got to believe that if, if there is no rapture before the tribulation, and it's all at once at the end of the, of the tribulation, and, 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 and we get caught up into the clouds to return right back down again, if that's the case, then we're going to be used mightily as a church in the tribulation to preach the gospel. We win either way. And God will prepare us either way. But you heard what the, what the rabbi said. He said, he, said, make, he, he said, make your heart right. That's the key to this. Because we know that tonight, the day of the Lord or the thief in the night could be walking out of here and dying in a car accident. Our, our meeting the Lord can be at any moment. So we don't live thinking, well, I've got time, or I got this, or I got that, or it could happen this. We, these are just signs telling us something's happening. And we can't ignore it when Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, he says, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And my blessed hope is that Jesus is going to take us home. That's my blessed hope. I hope that's your blessed hope. Now, like I said, I'm prepared spiritually for whatever comes. But the Bible says that's our blessed hope, is that we'll be raptured and we'll be in heaven while this crazy stuff is going on because it's going to be crazy. Amen.